Hey everyone, and welcome to the JTAC Precision Rifle Podcast. I'm Clay Blackader, along with Justin Watts, Tate Streeter, and Austin Orgain. We started this podcast to help bring newer shooters into the sport, and as many of you know, it can be pretty intimidating to jump into that first match, so we're just going to start off by letting you know how we all got into the sport, and let you know what you can do to help get yourself ready for that first match. So, with that, we're going to start off with Tate Streeter. Tate, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into the sport, a little bit about yourself, and how somebody can get rolling. Man, I started... um shooting as a kid with my dad and um was introduced at an early age shooting 22s in the backyard and all that kind of stuff and just naturally as i as i got older i wanted to shoot a little bit further shoot a little bit further wanted to get you know more of the target rifles and um as i got out of school and started getting a real job i pieced together a um, precision rifle and i actually got on longrangehunting.com and um Got on there and found 4R Rifle Club, I believe is what it was called, and got Rick Reeves' name um, off of there and found his number and actually just picked up the phone and called him and, you know, told him what I was doing and basically said, just show up and let's get after it and shoot. So I went out and showed, shot with him, and um, as I got some more money, um, you know, as I, as I got a little bit older and put some money back, because this sport's really expensive, if you all know, <laughs> very expensive. <laughs> I uh, got to where I wanted to shoot matches, and one thing led to another. I think that was in 2000, and that was probably in 2012 is the first time I showed up with Rick. 13, I started shooting OPPS, and 14, I started shooting Precision Rifle Series. What was your first gun belt that you went to Rick's with? Um, I started up with a 6.5 284 without a break, I believe. No, no, I started with 284 on Remington is what it was. Um my dad had given me a 270 Winchester, um, Remington uh, Sendero is what it was, and I uh, had it rebarreled. Went, drove to Arkansas to a, a buddy of a friend, and he chambered up that barrel, and I showed up to Rick's with a 284, and it shot shot well, shooting 180 grain bullets. And at the time, I showed up. I kind of been reading, and they were all shooting 284s. Well, by the time I got my money together, showed up, they were all shooting six fives. So. I was a little bit behind the game. Well, by the time I saved up my money and, you know, 10 months go down the road, I got a 6.5, 284, like a dummy without a break. Like, it was it was pretty brutal, actually. Next year, I showed up with my at my first match, and it was basically a rifles-only prep course. Um, rifles-only, for guys that don't know, is like the positional match. Like, there's all kinds of goofy stuff. Shoot off ropes, shoot left-handed. Like, basically what it boils down to is – they don't have a, a bunch of properties, so they make they make everything really hard to make people hit a lot of dirt. And um, anyways, the club was prepping at the time. A large amount of people from Oklahoma were going down to Texas, and they were prepping for that match. We shot off ladders. We shot off a swinging platforms. Like I was not prepared. Like I don't remember what my hit percentage was, but it was horrible. And I'd actually driven to Rick's house and rode over to that match um, with Rick. And on the way back. Of course, I was shooting 6'5", 284. By the time I showed up, they were all shooting 6'5", 47s, and 6'5", Creed's. So every time I built a rifle, it was like I was one year behind. But by the time I got my money together and got something built, man, on the way home, I popped out that credit card, and he was like, man, if you want to go 6mm, I'd go 6XC. I bought dies, brass, reamer, barrel, everything. And by the next weekend, I was shooting a 6XC and just a Bremington laminate stock and um, 
So even getting the components that quick, how did you get your gun together? Who spun it up? Oh, yeah, I spun it up myself. I actually, um, you know, obviously worked in a machine shop, started in 2009, and had all the, you know, that stuff available. So, I mean, I got that reamer in, and that night I stayed at the shop and got it done. I didn't really know much. I basically just took the barrel off and measured what it was and just tried to mimic it. Did you get it done right the first time? Oh, yeah, I shot. Re actually, I still have the group up above my reloading desk and it was the first three shots I shot well I'll take that back I shot one moved it and then the first three shot group I shot down that barrel was pretty amazing and I thought oh yeah I got this sucker nailed but they don't all work out like that but <laughs> that one did but anyways and started shooting precision rifle series in 2014 and man it's just gone from there and obviously in 2015 late 2014 early 2015 we started impact precision with Wade Studeville and um Man, ever since, I just got the bug. I mean, I love competing. I love the camaraderie. Um, I like, I like, uh, you know, showing up at a match and seeing seeing who's the best at the match. I mean, I like shooting with buddies, but I also like, you know, trying to hit more targets than the next guy and trying to take it to the next level. But um, You like the trash talk. I like the trash talk quite a bit. That's true. But that's fun. I'll trash talk either way. you got to give that to me. I'll, I'll yeah. talk both sides. I can I can take it, too. No denying that. But we'll put our butt kicking. You know, it's, it's happening. That's right. But anyway, that's that's about it, and here we are. Well, Austin, you've been shooting probably the second longest. Um, how do you roll into the sport? Man, when I was a kid, I started off shooting a lot of 4-H stuff, uh, pellet rifle, pellet pistol. Um, you know, got a few little medals from doing that, some state stuff, and then I kind of moved up from that into shotgun, shot trap and some skeet. Um, once I got to college, pretty much all that stuff stopped. And even later on in high school, when I started playing sports, all that stopped. Uh, when I graduated college, so my parents did weren't really into hunting or shooting or anything. So I don't. I've always been interested in it. Um, my dad was able to find a friend of his that hunted and was took me hunting. So I, really, the first rifle that I shot very much at all was a 243. Killed my first deer with a 243. And then I was kind of on my own after that. I didn't have a lot of guns growing up. Um, my parents just weren't into it, so I didn't shoot a whole lot. When I got out of college, uh, I rodeoed all through college, so I didn't have a lot of time then either. When I got out of college and got a real job, I didn't have time to rodeo that much, so I just wanted to stay competitive in something. So actually the first custom rifle I bought, I bought a used rifle off a rack at Butch's Guns, and it was a 65284. Really? So, yeah, I didn't know thing. that. It was left-handed. It was the only left I just happened to walk in there, and there's a left-handed gun on this rack, and it was a custom, and it had a, a skip-fluted barrel, like almost like a cactus-flute-looking yeah. deal. It's a cool-looking rifle. Being a lefty, it didn't matter what it was. You had to have it, though. That's right. I had to have it, and uh, it was cheap enough, you know, so I bought it, and I think I probably... I bought... I, I didn't even buy anything to reload for it. I bought factory nozzle ammo for it. So it was like, I don't know. I got to inter interrupt you right there. Okay. So the first day I go to shoot my 65284, I actually bought a Savage. I forgot about that gun. I actually bought that in between. I bought a Savage F Class 65284 and put a wooden um, sharpshooter supply laminate stock on that sucker. So I work for Halliburton in the oil field. I get my brass in, I get my dies in. I didn't know what a bushing die was, but everybody's saying you need a bushing die. So I get to my dad's house and I'm about to shoot my stuff and I run through the die and all this good stuff and I go load my bullets and there's no neck tension. Didn't have a bushing. By the time my dad didn't have six fives, 
Y'all ever heard this story? Uh-uh. No. It's just so, so my dad, my dad didn't have bush and dice. So here I am, got my two day stint off, drive all the way up there to shoot. Like you're not gonna get a bushing around. We woke her or whatever. So I didn't get to shoot. This is the truth. So I go back to work. I buy my bushings, figure out what I need to get. Buy like three or four of them because they're like cost more to ship them than the bushings. I get back to dad's house and I shoot like I don't know like five or six three shot groups. And where we ran our gun out was like three miles away. So I'm load everything up in my truck. I get a group I'm happy with, going to go run it out. I load everything in my truck and I set that what's left of the hundred. I bought a hundred. I thought that was big time back then. I set it on the side of my truck and I go a half a mile north of my dad's and I turn right and I heard something pop, but I didn't pay no attention. So I drove all the way to the range, got out there, can't find my bullets anywhere. And I know this never found them. So the first weekend, days off I didn't get to shoot then the second days off I lost them and I somebody picked them up we woke and like obviously I bet nobody within 100 square miles had you know well short of the city had anything to shoot them with but anyway I forgot that tidbit of the story that's that was very painful that's pretty painful <laughs> my first reloading store was very similar I bought one fired brass from 338 Lapua, and I you know saw online put bushing guys what you had to have and so i bought one i'm just crunching next i'm like nothing's happening i'm just crunching next i could not figure out what's going on turns out you need a bushing for a bushing guy man y'all are rookies yeah i can't believe can't believe y'all do something like that so anyway i had a 65 284 i didn't buy anything to, I, I didn't buy any reloading equipment i didn't have anything and i knew it was going to be a big investment to do it so i thought well i'll just buy some buy some factory ammo until i can afford to do it so i bought like two boxes of 65284 Nosler ammo, which would have equated to about a press and any reloading equipment you wanted because I don't remember. They were $60 a box or something like that. They're what expensive what, what was your first job? Uh, right out of college? Yeah. I was a frack engineer for Weatherford Fractures. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, I had just started. So I just bought this gun. First purchase I made with, uh, after having a big boy job. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I got it. I didn't even shoot it that much. I shot. I, I put a, a Vortex HST or something like that on, which I thought was, you know, the cat's meow whenever I got it. MOA or Mills? Oh, MOA. For yeah. sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> had to be MOA. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, that's what that's what everybody ran, right? Yeah, because it had to be MOA. Yeah. We're we're in inches. Yeah, we're in right? inches. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I shot. I, I zeroed it. I think. I don't know. I think the whole time I had that rifle, I didn't even shoot both boxes of ammo through it. Um, at the time, you know, I don't hell, I don't even know if it shot good. I shot like 200 yards. It's like, yeah, man, I can really reach out and get something with this now. Never even killed anything with it. So fast forward, I don't know what it was, a year, year and a half. I was working in Woodward, uh, driving back and forth. I was a I was a field engineer for a frat company, and so I actually lived in Woodward for a little while. Well, I got to going in and out of Butch's Guns all the time, and I got to know them up there. And I went in there one day, and they had a custom rifle sitting on uh, the counter. That somebody had built and so i asked butch it was left-handed so of course i was interested and so i asked butch i said hey what's what's the story on this uh, rifle and he says oh yeah this guy built it he just hadn't paid for it and come picked it up yet and i said okay so fast forward a couple weeks i go back in there again and the rifle's still there and i was like man is he gonna come and pick that up or what because i had done some research at that point and knew that at the time i wanted a 6x47 Mapua. that just happened to be what this rifle is with the manners um what was that t4a i think just a tan colored t4a on a stiller action with a jewel trigger 
and a chamber in a six by 47. And so Butch called the guy and the guy's like, man, I can't afford it. I, I can't do it right now. And so he Butch said, hey, it's yours if you want it. And I ended up trading that 65284 back in to Butch where I got it on this rifle. So I bought the rifle. I bought all the components to start loading. They kind of helped me get started uh, reloading up there. They helped me work up a load for it, and I shot. I think when I first bought it, I bought 100 bullets and a pound of powder. And I found out real quick that wasn't enough because the first time I went to the range, I was like, i got to have more powder and bullets. Man, on the way back from my first match, uh, Rick Reeves was telling me how much powder he had, and I can remember texting my dad like, man, these guys keep like 30 pounds of powder. Yeah. And here I was buying like two pounds of powder at I know. Time. That's how I was too. I was just <laughs> buying a few at a time. Um, so this was, uh, this would have been 2015 when that happened. So I, I, that was probably the winter of 2015. So when spring came around, Butch had his little, uh, just little small, uh, monthly matches up there. I shot one little monthly match up there. Um, and then I found out about this deal called OPPS and that sounded really cool. And it was more like the PRS style shooting and I wanted to do that. So the first match I went to. For OPPS was up at the Chain Ranch, and it was just an OPPS club match, and I shot in a squad with uh, Matt Clem and Justin Shireman and Ray Eads, I think. Yeah. Did you know him? Uh, I knew Ray, so I knew Ray Eads. He's he's the one that kind of I had talked to a little bit to get up there. You know, he rode his kids rodeo and stuff, oh. and him and my dad were friends. So, um, I, I actually I think I rode up there with him. And we, so I shot that match, and I ended up, I don't know, I, I ended up getting real close to beating Matt Clem, and I was like, man, this is pretty fun, you know? And I didn't know anything about it. I missed a lot of targets and just made some stupid stuff, and Shireman was actually the one that helped me. I was shooting a chaos stage, and um, I was like, man, you got to shoot this thing in 25 or 30 seconds. I was like, you got to go fast. You got to do this. So I just went, you know, bam, 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 and I think I hit one target. And um, Shireman's like, okay, hold on. He's like, you got extra ammo? And I said, yeah. He goes, all right, do that again and do it about half the speed. He said, you did all that in about 12 seconds. <laughs> I was like, okay. So then I slowed down, hit him. You know, of course, I didn't get the points. But anyway, so then after that, Butch had his, uh, he used to have his annual belly match, which is a cash match with added money. And it's pretty big hold cash. On. The KYL at the AG Cup last year, how fast did you shoot that in? About 12 seconds. Okay, so you really didn't learn anything from that lesson. <laughs> really didn't learn anything from that lesson. Hey, I had nothing to lose there. You just go for it, right? Cleaned it, so. Cleaned it. Thousand dollars. You learned something. Thousand dollars. You won a thousand bucks. He learned something, I guess. I learned something. So anyway, uh, Butch had his local belly match up there. Uh, you know, some better shooters showed up. Guys came from what I thought all, was all over the country. You know, we had, I don't know, 30 or 40 guys show up and shoot. And as cash money. Uh all 100% cash payback plus added money and I shot that match which is like my third match to ever shoot at all and I won third and won I don't know a couple thousand in cash maybe not quite that much is that the one Clem won no that was the year before Clem won this uh, Eddie Clark might have won that one I don't remember did he bring the right ammo that day he probably did he had to if he won in bush light man he there was one the next year he showed up with a 6.547 with 6.47 ammo. Oh, yeah. To, to, oh, I remember that. Yeah. Anyway, so I shot that one-third, and I was like, hey, this is, this, this is pretty easy, you know. So I, I shot uh, one other club match, OPPS club match, which was up at Brands. I, I did uh, – that was one of the first times I made a mistake. I had, I had the wrong 
I ch had changed bullets. I was shooting 105 VLDs, and everybody told me, oh, I need to shoot hybrids. So I went to hybrids. Well, the velocities I had whenever I worked up a load were a lot different. And I had one in the Kestrel and not the other, so I shot at Brands with the wrong one. I was hitting everything really well at 400, but I couldn't hit anything past that. It was just enough difference where my dope was off. And I didn't figure it out till after the match. Um, shot the OPPS finale in the fall that year. Won second at the, at the finale match. Um, I, don't, I don't remember where in the year end it was anything impressive. I'm just curious on this because since I've shot – we didn't have magneto speeds, and then we have magneto speeds, and now people have labs, and yeah. everything's better. But how did you how did you check your velocity back then? Just to be distance. distance. I, just shot, I just shot at a distance. I try to shoot two or three different ranges and make sure it all it's basically the same up. way. I Work do your mine. Kestrel in. Yeah, do mine there. I just true. You know, back whenever the, on the original Kestrels, you could actually true. You could put the yardage in and what your dope's supposed to be, and do it to true your velocity. Yep. And so that's how I did it. Um, I don't know. It seemed to work okay, but you know, at the time. At the, at the time, I didn't know enough to know if, if my zero was off a tenth or something like that, and I'd just shoot the long distance. I'd be like, oh, I'm a tenth long. I need to come up a tenth change my velocity. Well, sometimes my velocity would change by like 100 feet a second just by truing it up, but I'd just run it. I don't know. I guess it worked some of the time. Some of the time. Um, so anyway, I mean, later on, you know, I got that figured out a little bit. So I didn't shoot any PRS there. I'd uh, fast forward to the next year. I did shoot a PR. I shot the heat stroke, but not as a member. I just shot it as an open. Thought that was awesome. You know, it was it was hot. Shot uh, 300 rounds or something that year. I finished like 20th or something, I think. So then, fast forward to the the, the next PRS year. I, I bought my PRS membership. Decided I was going to go shoot. My first match was rifles only as well in 2016. Um, I joke and call it rifles mostly because. Yeah, we had so much pistol in that match that, and I was not a good pistolier. I hadn't shot a pistol very much. Actually, had I had bought a Glock just to go to take to that match because I didn't even have a handgun. You're that still I could terrible shoot with a pistol. When was the last time you shoot? Wait, you shoot a pistol? We have pistols now that make us better, but yeah, man, rifles only was like a horrible match to start because there's nothing else. To, there's no other match you'll leave like with your dauber in the dirt. Yeah, well, yeah. more than rifles only. So, so the the thing that made me mad about it was is I. Adding up points, if you threw out all the pistol, I shot my rifle good enough to finish second in my first PRS match ever. But I dropped like 14 points with a pistol, and so I finished 12. Man, I'll tell you my favorite thing about maybe. rifles only was a helicopter. That, that was, was pretty cool. Badass. That, that, that was cool. So that was, uh, I think that's actually the first time I've been in a helicopter. And I got to shoot out of it, and that was pretty cool. I liked that. It was just so crazy because you go out there, and I, I had no idea what I was doing. And you... Day one, they just say, okay, go shoot. It's not squads. It's not anything. You just find randomly go, go find an empty spot and go shoot. Well, if you needed to zero, which I wanted to, you went over to the zero range. Well, everybody just flopped to the tower to shoot it first thing in the morning. So th there was a two-hour line. It was kind of like tower. that tower at Watts. You better do good on that tower. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You better do good at that tower. So uh, anyway, shot that. Finished 12th or 13th. I can't remember. My very first one. Um, shot all that year. I think my top finish was like fifth or so in texas shot the finale in south texas didn't do all that well at the finale down there um shot really good the second day the first day wasn't great my my zero was off a little bit and i never caught it that was an awesome place to shoot it was i'd like to go back now that i know what i know now i'd like to go back and shoot that place i think it'd be i think it would do well there and uh yeah so that's that's kind of how i got my start so that was 2016 right 
2016, yeah. So the following year. So for those that don't know, um, you know who these guys are. Kate Shooter won the uh, NRL championship last year, the finale and the season. 2017, the year Austin was about to get to, he won the NRL um, championship, which is a very similar league to PRS, just a you know different organization. So. Um, you know, you may hear some of these stories and think, oh, you know, these guys don't know what they're doing. Um, this is just how you get into it. Um, they escalated very, very quickly. Um, and there's a lot of people that shoot for, you know, their entire lives and don't ever get close to how good these guys are. So just to give you guys a reference, they are national champions. This is not just, you know, guys going out in their backyard with a 270 <laughs> and, you know, aiming at the top of the back of a deer to, to hit them. You know, that's, when, that's not what goes on here. When did you win your first match, Tate? 2014, my first season, it was like my third or fourth match ever. I didn't win one my first year, but I won three my second year. Yeah. I showed up the first, the rifles only. I, st- I still remember my first match, I showed up the rifles only. I may be one match off here, but got 52nd, and I was like, oh, man, I suck. Which a pistol, I knew the pistol threw in, and I got a six that shoot for the green the very next match, and then it kind of got a little bit better. But Man, I, I'll be honest, I had a pretty good jump start because at, at, the, at the time, Wade was still – traveling a lot mm-hmm. and we all know this game is pretty big mental and Wade is pretty witty and kind of you know after after we left Ralph's only you start you know most most guys that really want to eat this stuff up and get better on the way home you don't you don't forget about what happened bad at the weekend you like try to learn from yeah. it so on the way back you know I shot with Wade at that match and I mean you just try to talk about what you did dumb because I mean you know at that point we could all lay down and shoot well shoot good groups it's just mental mistakes and not having experience and stuff like that so um you know that was that was a pretty big deal for me getting started you know i I got i got to move along pretty good just talking to him on the way back i feel like that's when i really figured it out was was eliminating the mental mistakes i was i was doing well you know i was finishing top 10 pretty regular even in the first year and it was just always something small you know dialing wrong dope or shooting wrong targets or something and then finally i just decided I'm not going to do that anymore. I've got same deal, you know, try to learn from what your mistakes were. And uh, and then the second year, it really just kind of kind of blew open and worked really well. Well, my start was uh, pretty ugly. Uh, a lot of you guys have heard this story before. I know you guys have heard it multiple times, but uh, I was a terrible shot growing up. Um, never probably, never gets old. Never gets old, I'm yeah. sure. Especially um, hearing you say that. Terrible yeah. shot. Um, <laughs> I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Uh, I'd try to sight in a rifle, couldn't hardly hit a paper plate, and I'd have my dad do it for me, and he'd you know, shoot this little bitty group, and he's left-handed. Um, and then I'd get yeah. up there and shoot the exact same gun and barely hit a pie plate at 100 yards. I'm like, it's because you're left-handed. You're sighting in for a left-hander. There's no way that's going to work for me. Like, I just would not accept any responsibility in being terrible. And uh, at our, our match, there's a, a troop line some of you have seen. Uh, that goes back and forth. Um, you start from the right, you pan all the way left, and then you pan all the way back right. Well, target four um, is on a knoll that uh, I've hunted on most of my life, and um, this is still just burned into me. Um, there's a doe down below me that I just decided I just needed to shoot, and I shoot at it like five times at 70 yards, and it doesn't go anywhere. Like, it's not moving. It's an unmissable shot, and I miss it five times. I borrow my brother's 30 out six. He's right beside me. I shoot. It kicks too hard. I miss that shot too, and then I reload my 270 and finally hit it and kill it. Um, and hit it perfectly the one time I hit it, so who knows where the rest of them are going. But uh, um, I didn't really shoot a whole lot other than that. I would just go out, shoot a few rounds uh, before deer season, and go hunting. But uh, so I didn't 
I wasn't good at it. I didn't put any real work into it. And uh, I'm sure like a lot of people, you start reading online about, you know, guns that are cool. And um, I saw a 330 Lapua that uh, that was for sale online and after doing some digging, I ended up buying it. And so I thought I was, you know, just a sniper like everybody else thinks that they are when you buy your first gun. And so I kind of dipped into it um, and uh, I connected, reconnected with a, an old buddy from college that I used to play baseball with. And uh, he invited me to go to a range that was just opening, which was Justin Watts. Um, it's his range, Valbor Precision. And uh, I took that 338 out there, and I really thought I knew what I was doing. Like, I was using uh, a Range Master 750 electronic scale, and I was just dumping powder into it to get close to the charge. And then I was individually grabbing kernels of powder with my fingers. Oh, that's and, painful. Until it's what, what year was this? 2016. 16. Um, and uh, I just did not have any better equipment, so I'm dropping one kernel of H1000 at a time until it changes to the number, which if you've ever used that scale, it wouldn't know the difference in a quarter if you waited 10 times. I mean, it's, it's going to give you a different reading every single time. So it was completely pointless what I was doing, but I was convinced that I was, I was doing it right. And uh, we shot out there, and Justin mentioned that he was going to have a, uh, a match. And I remember this, uh, this guy with a white beard being out there, and Justin's like, man, you need to go talk to that guy. That guy's, that's Rick Reeves. He's, he's good at this stuff. And uh, I didn't go talk to him. I was too shy to even say hi. But uh, he told me to come to this match. So um, I bought a Ruger Precision Rifle at 6.5 Creed, probably from Cabela's or something. I'm not sure. And uh, bought a couple hundred rounds. I went out on the Friday before the match. And I zeroed it, practiced a couple things, got some basic dope, and uh, showed up the next day with a pistol range bag. I got to ask how you got the dope. Did you, like, write it down in a book? I honestly don't have the foggiest idea. I assume the Justin. Because when I started, it's kind of funny. I didn't have a pistol for a while. And I had this little leather-bound book, and I'd go out. And it's actually a really funny story. Quinn's been out there, but we had this steel frame board that was probably like three foot by two foot and we'd have cardboard on it and a target and we'd go down and shoot i don't even think we had a range fire to hit a range finder to hit out to 800 jars but we'd rain it range it in like increments like 300 to here and then you'd like get straight and then you'd range yep, that trade 300, 300. Yeah. and uh anyway i i had a at the time i had a bushnell 4200 elite like i don't even remember like six to 24 or something like that i got for graduation present and I'd go out, and I'd write down what it took that day. And, of course, yeah, I was shooting in minutes. And I would shoot, and I had a buddy, like, literally five minutes, Jameson Pinson, like, f- less than 15 feet from the target behind a tree that was, like, eight inches wide. Like, it was, I mean, probably pretty right, stupid. But anyway, I'd shoot. He'd walk out there, point his finger, and then I'd adjust, <laughs> like, measure, measure it with my scope. And uh, adjust and shoot again. Then I'd write down when I got it good. I'd write it in a book. And then, you know, I think that's what it was. And then we'd go out like two weeks later and it wouldn't work. And I was like, what in the heck is going on here? But anyway, I was just curious how you're logging your data. You talk about MOA scope. My, that first rifle I got, first scope I bought was a 3 to 18 Vortex MOA. And it was fine while I was shooting at Butch's. But when I went to the two wheel PPS matches, I was like, I got to get this meal stuff. Because yeah. everybody's talking to meals and I'm like, I don't even know what they're saying. What's that equate to an MOA? You know? So then I figured out what the equation was. Could convert it. Right Man, now. I, I, so I sold it. I, I'll be honest. Course. I'll be honest with you. I think I may be wrong here. I started with the NXS five and a half to twenty two, but I, I ended up going to a Vortex Razor Gen One. Is what I started with. I, I couldn't remember there for a little bit, yeah. but it doesn't take very long before you want better stuff. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, take very long at all. I started with a 
Vortex, you know, PST, 6 to 24, they're doing one. But I have no idea how I got the dope. I don't know if I downloaded an app or what, but uh, the match was a, a know your dope. So there was no electronics allowed, which was probably my saving grace. Um, not that it went well anyway, but uh, um, I'm pretty sure I got dead last. Um, I actually remember that match. So I was like, that's the gayest thing I've ever heard of. I'm not like, why can I not use my Kestrel? Yeah. I, I didn't even know what that stuff was, so it, it didn't didn't matter to me. But there was a. By the way, that was CL's idea. No, well, you followed her. There's I didn't a problem. Know, you like, you were the first. That's the first match I ever held. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, well, the first time I went out and tried to shoot, I was trying to shoot these targets. I was writing down in a in, in a little one of them little mini yellow notebooks. And I was trying to write my dope down in it. And I was sitting there, I was watching these other guys run that Kestrel, and I threw that over my shoulder and went by <laughs> Kestrel. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is stupid. I mean, we make like the other day we had a guy. The only reason I was really making fun of him is he had a mask on at the range. He was the only one out there, but. Um, is that my range? Yeah. Yeah, i seen that guy. Yeah. But anyway, he was writing down. I, and I just laughed. I didn't really laugh at him, but I thought, man, I remember those days. Yeah. You know, like, what he's writing down is not going to matter tomorrow. Exactly. Not going to matter exactly. at all. Um, but uh, that is – that match still sticks with me. There was a stage where we had to build a position out of, you know, barrels and chairs and desks, and we had to shoot through a window. Um, no, I remember that. And uh, – they were targeting like 500 yards, and I, you know, build my super snipery position, and I shoot, and um, I hit the target. I didn't see anything after I pulled the trigger. I wasn't stable at all, and they said impact, and then uh, someone's like, whoa, 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 you know, that's a that's a DQ, and I didn't understand why. My bullet had gone through the frame of the window and somehow still hit the target, um, and uh, Rick Reeves and a couple other guys come by, and, um, you know, I'm just, I'm mortified. I think it's the worst thing in the world to, you know, DQ on a stage, and uh, Rick Reeves walks by, and, um, you know, they're all laughing. He's like, man, there's always some asshole there to laugh at you. Um, and it, it, it hurt my feelings at the time, um, not knowing anything else. <laughs> man, <laughs> it, was, it was Dean Morris, by the way, that came and got me. It was like, you got to DQ that guy. Yeah. So, um, if you want to blame somebody, blame Dean. But, uh, man, I'll, you know, here we are trying to get new shooters in. It can be intimidating when you show up. Most of the guys are really good. All of them in OPPS, yes. I say, are pretty good. But, man, I thought Justin Sharon was the big, biggest jerk I've ever met in my life. And he comes off that way, but he's a really good guy. And he means well, but it's just 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 how he is. I mean, you know, humors out here that do this, yep. and until you know him, sometimes you just you don't know how good of people they are. And Rick's obviously one of the nicest guys that any of us know. Um, he's just got a mouth on him, um, and uh, so that's that was my first experience in this game. I got probably dead last. I'm pretty sure. But uh, I started Googling gunsmiths. Wade Studeville lived about 45 minutes from me, so I called him, and uh, I didn't really know what caliber I wanted. Uh, I just kind of let him guide me, and um, he was going to build me a 6.547, and so I didn't shoot, you know, shoot for you know however long until that gun got built. I'd sold that RPR and that scope to uh, to help pay for that rifle, and I picked it up uh, six or eight months later, whatever it was, in, in December, and then went to an OPPS match, and I kind of hit it hard after that so um these guys saying that rifles only was their first prs match that's for whatever reason the same same belt that i got in. was my match the first match you ever went to yes yeah, that was yeah. a cold booger what? it was you, oh yeah i remember that it was like yeah, seven got, degrees got third at that one um, on the shoot off i got fifth you gotta shoot off with tj oh yeah Vinny. Yeah. you shot Vinny or uh, tj tj won but he got second right Second I thought you had to shoot over TJ. Troop line shoot over on the left of that uh, cattle pen. That's when I shot down to the south. I got fifth at that match. I was stoked. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I was pretty. Wasn't happy. there five there? 
How many were there? Seven? <laughs> there were six. No, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I just that's see that's just how we. Yeah, do. that was that was just real kidding. cold. There was like 40 people. There was it quite was a bit of people. five degrees out yeah. there. I mean, I showed up in you know wool socks, Under Armour, 14 layers. You know, all my cold gear, and then coveralls on top. Rick Reeves. Rick Reeves shot his rifle across a magneto speed and it said 900 feet a second. <laughs> what was that? In the, was that in December 16? Yes, December 16. I was when that right. was, and uh, I, was um, I just got so. I think I thought it was too. Impact. I think it was February. That was February. But First but anyway, was that was that the day Rick Reeves. It was December 17th. Put some ammo in front of his heater and got it real hot, and then he got it real cold. Is that what? Is that what you're talking about? That's the one where yeah, where we had the pistol. You had to run down in that bottom in that creek shoot that pistol. I can tell you what I do no, remember. That wasn't, that wasn't the same match. There was, was a match with that. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was. was same it? match, yeah. Because well, you let me you shoot. Got, you, you let you me shoot it. your uh, your uh, Glock. At that oh, match. Zev. Zev. Nah. But I remember you had another match that was warmer, and we did that too. That's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. I thought we bring pistols back. and Paul Reed came down. Yep. I thought we bring pistols back to the PRS. I did too. It was fun. Yeah, it, it as was long fun. as you get more than fun. one shot per target. Yeah, and don't make it worth a point. Do yeah. half a point, or you just got to clear or your stressor. Pistol. Yeah, stressor. yeah, just a stressor. I always liked that. But it, it kind of broke the. Well, I like. That's why I always like Jordy Richardson's match because they always put pistol in. Yeah, that's fun. Man, that for like two years, almost every other match you went to had pistol in. So I bought, you know, a nice 2011. Same thing. All same that thing. Stuff. I did the and same then, thing. And as soon as I got all that stuff, I shot like two I matches never with got to, pistol. I never oh, got yeah. to use it. Actually, Jordy, Jordy's match in 2018 was my the last match. I got to shoot that. The first only, first yeah, and only match. Yeah, we're on those fingers and had to shoot some target stone. Yeah, and getting a Humvee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's the best. <laughs> Mike Broxick skipped a bullet into the target skipped and got it. an impact. And they were like, half, that impact? Shot it and hit halfway and skipped half, it into it. Skipped, an skipped it into the target. That's out of the Humvee. Yeah. Is it? I go ahead, um, I, I was kind of fortunate. These guys said that they started, you know, with uh, different custom guns that they, you know, built themselves or bought, you know, that weren't made for them. And um, my first custom was was made for me. And there's hold on. So you ran another rifle when you you went up and shot the at the mines in Kansas. Yeah. And yep. you ran somebody's Remington 700 that the firing pin kept dropping, like it. The, it kept, the caulking piece kept. Kept, kept rolling and I couldn't run the bolt for it. Yeah, so. so I would watch you and you would do something and you'd pull it out and you had something like on your keychain and you it was a uh, oh like a firing pin tool and you'd grab it and turn it back and put it. Who in was it? Rat him out. And I was like, I was like, <laughs> real women here. I was like, why don't you just roll it back by hand? I, I didn't even. I, I, said, like I, I, I said, I said, I said, why don't you just roll that back by hand? And you go, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> this is after the this is after the match. He comes up and he's like, yeah, this is going on. I was like, well, why don't you just do that and grab it? I mean, it was you know, it was nothing to do with it. I, I, and just the, the, just, just the be, don't know. just the befuzzlement that came across your face. <laughs> I probably I timed that befuzzlement every, a word. I, don't, I just it made it that. Sounds good. Look it uh, up. Yeah. I probably hit eight targets that entire day until the very last stage, and I borrowed somebody's gun, and I hit more targets on that stage with you know his gun than I did all all match long. But uh, um, whenever I got to get that gun that was built for me. Um, you know, part of that has never changed. Uh, impact actions were brand new, and at that match, everyone was like, "Why did you get one of those? How did you get on that list?" So I didn't have any idea how hard they were to get, <laughs> how cool it was going to be to have one. Um, what serial number was it? Do you know? Fifty-six. Fifty-six. And uh, so I got I got one of the early ones, and uh, absolutely loved that gun. It was a six-five forty-seven, and it was just easy. I mean, everything about that caliber was just easy, and uh, I kind of got in it at a good time where people's equipment was starting to solidify uh, there's still a lot of variation out there now there's only you know two or three stocks that anybody uses and two or three chassis i mean it's pretty 
pretty much you got a footprint now of what you can can jump into. And back then there was there was more there were more options that people used, but uh, um, it was a pretty good time to get into it. And you know, being surrounded by the guys that I was, I, I had really good um, people around me to help help learn. But uh, I jumped into the PRS in early seventeen. Um, shot my first match at rifles only. No I kidding. Did. All three of our first matches yeah, for rifles yeah. only. Yeah. And uh, might I, be something too. I'll be something to it. <laughs> I had no idea what shooting off of barricades was, uh, especially not weak side or without a bag. There was just there were so many things that I was not ready for at that match, and <clears throat> I think I, I finished somewhere around twentieth, and uh, I was stoked about it. I just couldn't believe that I'd gotten twentieth at a at a match like that, and I missed probably every pistol shot just like you did. Um, I went into it thinking that I was good with a pistol, and then about four shots in, I was like, I suck with a pistol. Um, and uh, I started kind of chasing it after that. Um, it was just, it's so fun when you get into this and you don't know anything and every single match you double what you, you knew going into it. Mm -hmm. And you know you talk to people and you're like, oh, I've never thought about doing that before. And it just it happens constantly throughout each match that you go to. And it's just it's very cool to get into. And uh, about four or five months later, um, I decided I wanted to, build a smaller rifle that would recoil less and I had been shooting with just a suppressor and I wanted to put a break on the rifle and so I had a 6BR built and this was a foundation stock those are pretty much brand new at the time and so, so I gotta I gotta interrupt because here I am back from old school 14 when I first showed up at Rifles Only there's a bunch there are some really cool things down there that mousetrap or whatever they call yeah. it that's pretty cool yeah. um I wish there were more places that have that you kind of you kind of got to. They had to have paper down there because it's such short range. Yeah, when we when we shot it, it was a mover paper stage. Oh yeah, and see, it, the, it was like a three inch shooting C, like a three inch shooting C was your target, and I can't remember if they ran two guys at once because no no just one guy at once. So like it's like a big old plinko deal. You go up the left side and you got to shoot left handed, yep. and you crawl up to the next hole. You got to shoot right handed. You call up. You got to shoot off the rail, and you go down the right side and you got to shoot right handed. You got to go down and shoot left handed. Um, that was pretty cool, it and then, cool. and you know, where I was going with this is because I'm kind of curious. The equipment you guys had, man, I had a light bag that I literally had the sling strap through my bag. Like there were no yeah. fortune cookies or no. anything like that. And we actually had um, that match. It it really it really knocked me down starting because I think we laid down and shot five prone right-handed shots. Everything else was weak side or on a barricade, and we had a barricade mover. I don't remember how far it was, but at the time we didn't have the support bags we do now. And it was like, I can't, but like, this is ridiculous. Like, so now I'd like to go back and shoot that same match and see how it was. Yeah, but, I, you know, at the time good. I thought it was stupid, but now the game's gotten so much better with gear that I think it, you know. Yeah, I, I probably pretty much started with the same gear you did as far as bags. I had a pump pillow and a straight laced bead fill bag. And then I had some of the money bags when Miles Johnson was, uh, Doing those bags. Miles of Johnson. I think so. So the reason I went to the that that match is because you saw it on Shooting USA. Yep. Had a helicopter and like yep. for those of y'all that don't know the helicopter stage, I think they did away with it in eighteen. Did they have it when you were there in seventeen? No, oh, that was the first year they didn't. Yep. That was the year I was like, yeah, oh, yeah so sixteen. Like the helicopter was awesome. So what happened is you got in the helicopter and you flew. You ultimately <laughs> flew about twelve or fourteen hundred yards to the north, but on the way. They had a protein, like a protein tub, mm -hmm. full filled with like some kind of white powder. It was like lime or something. Lime or something. But anyway, all you had to do was hit that tub and yeah. it blew white smoke, and you got your point. I think you shot two to four rounds, something like that. Yeah. But anyway, it dropped you off 
on the far north end of the range in a bunker, and it's like you're getting dropped off in the heat of battle. So, so they fly you over there. On the way over there, you shoot two, two to four targets. I don't remember. It's just one target. You shot two to four times. They drop you off. When they drop you off, your time starts on a bunker stage, like like you know, like in war. They got like bridges, and then you get down these little rat holes or whatever y'all call them, fox holes. Fox holes. But anyway, when your time started, they took the guy that just got done back to the other end. So it was super efficient. Like you didn't have to wait on it. But anyway, you had to shoot so many targets, move through this hole, crawl through this culvert. It was pretty. It was pretty fun. But anyway, that was that was the famous stage that I saw on shooting USA. I was like, oh, I'm about to go do that. That's pretty. I've been awesome. to like three matches that were always known for having a helicopter stage, and every time I went to one, they didn't have it that year. So I've still See, never I've, got to shoot out of I've, helicopter. I've shot out of helicopter four yeah. or five times now. Because so, they had one in Washington. They had one down there. Clem had one. Yeah, I saw so, all three of those matches, and they didn't have it. Yeah. So this is this is something that I think is funny, but Cody and I were like, let's go down there. We're going to shoot out a helicopter. Like, because it probably cost more than 300 whatever the entry fee was to shoot out of a helicopter. It's like, I get to shoot out a helicopter. I'm happy for the weekend. Yeah. Well, we get down there, and Wade brings his helmet. Like, I kid you not, a helmet. Like, a helmet. <laughs> and I'm like, what's that helmet for? <laughs> and he's like, we got we to gotta wear it when we get out of the helicopter. I'm like. I got to wear a helmet in the helicopter. And like, I missed that memo. Like, it was not on the instructions whatsoever. And he goes, oh, they have one you can borrow. You can bring your own. I'm like, this guy's shot out a helicopter so much he brings his own helmet. Then I'm like, what's a helmet going to do in a helicopter anyways? Like, I don't know. I still don't know what the helmet was for. But he was like, I wish they'd just throw that thing out. And I'm like, heck no. We're going to shoot the helicopter stage, you know. But he didn't even care. But anyway. Man, we didn't get to do all that when I went and shot out of it. They just took off. We went over and shot the bucket. I don't know, two to four shots, like I said, and then came back landings. All yeah. really did oh, that. really? The coolest I did was in, out of helicopters in Washington, they had stage guns with ARs, and they had a line of pigs out there, a line of targets, and they'd fly along this ridge, and you'd shoot it. You had a whole mag to hit five hits or whatever, and you had to hit them. And this sucker was probably running like, I don't know, 100 dots or something like that. I mean, it was hard. Like, it was, it was like, oh, there's a pig. Oh, there went a pig. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's just. We could probably have a whole episode on They were going by pretty stage. quick. So, anyway, I, I get to the last one, and I know I've got quite a few rounds left because I didn't get to shoot very many. I didn't even see the first one. <laughs> By the time I saw the second one, they were like, no, don't shoot that one. They're going to shoot the tail. And so I finally hit the last one. I'm just like, bah, 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 bah. and I hit it, I don't know, two or three times. Well, it turns out that was like the high score. It was three hits. Then they landed, and you had to go. You had to finish the stage and go shoot some poppers or something like that. But it was pretty fun because that guy, whenever he'd come in, you know, he's he was moving pretty quick. He'd come in, slide in sideways like that, and land. He's pretty good. Yeah, that's a lot more fun. That's, that's a lot more fun than the than the rifles on the helicopter. But anyway, sorry. yeah, at, sorry about interrupting. Yeah, you're good. Um, at that rifles only match, again, not knowing barricades, there was a left-handed bagless barricade mover oh. stage. And I had never shot a mover. I, I didn't shoot support side. I didn't shoot barricades. And I sure didn't do it without bags. So you can all imagine how, how that went. So this, when I went to Rifles Only, I'd watch YouTube videos. And there was a ton of YouTube videos on Rifles Only. And so I was watching the video from the year before, and they shot like 60% of the match support side. And I was like, they're not going to get me on that. So the whole week before I went to go shoot this match, I shot every single round in practice support side. Every, from when I laid down to when I got down, I shot there was support side. There was not a single support <laughs> side shot. But ever since then, I've never struggled support side. Yeah. So it was worth it, I guess. Well, I, I did struggle. And um, once I got out of that match, um, you know, and I'd gotten my other gun built later on, um, I, it was a 6BR. And just kind of puttered along with it, didn't shoot it fast. And 
<clears throat> that's when things really started. I I shot a lot of rounds up at this point. I went and practiced regularly. I shot every club match that I could go to, and uh, I spent a ton of time trying to chase Rick Reeves down and beat him in a club match. And I don't know at what point that happened, but like when I finally beat him, I was like, oh, you know, I've made it. Like I I've, I've made it now. You know, little did I know, you know, that he probably just decided not to look at targets that day because um, he was still significantly better than I was. And I think everybody has, has seen that. You beat somebody at a one-day match, um, and you think, oh, you know, I've really got this down, and the next time you go out, it's, it absolutely does not go that way. Um, but uh, <clears throat> my, my big goal that year was to make it to the PRS finale. Um, I made it there. I you know, was super happy with how I was shooting on the weekend, and then three or four stages left, four stages left. Um, I had a self-induced catastrophic gun failure <laughs> and uh that you know that was an unfortunate turn of events and you know plummeted where i finished at that match but it, it was a it was a big learning experience and the following year no 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 we can't skip over that we, 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 no we cannot skip over that was it no powder in the case is that what it was i know you had a squib i don't know if it was no powder um not enough powder um you know, again, my reloading gear was not the best at the time. I didn't, you know, flashlight check stuff. I just probably wasn't paying enough attention. But uh, <laughs> this is the guy I have load uh, my ammo. <laughs> wasn't wasn't it that like but down the barrel a little bit? It, it, it was, it was, it was, down, it was down the barrel a little bit. Um, you know, to the point that uh, a few guys came over, you know, tried to help, and you know, brought cleaning rods, and we were literally hitting the cleaning rod with a hammer, and it wouldn't budge that bullet. And uh, I won't say his name, but. Somebody who was very experienced in this game said, uh, "What I need to do at this point is to pull a bullet. Um, do not spill any powder. And disclaimer: like, don't do this." Are you talking about Sykes? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. It, this, man, I um, do this all. It, I think what happened on there was hitting it with the cleaning rod yeah, and then it jamming it. That, so it deformed that bullet really, really badly. Um, and anyways, um, so I, I did that. I pulled the bullet, you know, um, seated it, shot it, and uh, it, you know, again. Did not, it went boom, let's say. So, uh, um, I've, you know, there's a lot of good guys in this game, and somebody let me borrow a gun, so I got to finish out the match. And uh, um, that's one thing that you guys can take away from this is that there are always people that are willing to help. If you don't have a bag, if you don't have this or that, most people have spares of everything, including rifles. So, if you need something, if you're having equipment issues, like just ask. I mean, people are more than willing to help. And that's the biggest part of that story that you should take away is just how helpful the people are in this sport and after that year finished um i uh that's when i really started going places with tate i don't think i'd ever been to a match with him beforehand but we started traveling together the the next year and uh <clears throat> i squatted with him again at heat stroke and that's where i picked up my first win and that's the match that i wanted to win the most and uh my big goal for that year two of them was i wanted to win a match and i wanted to finish in the top 10 uh, for the season and I finished the year in eight, so I got, you know, got both things that I wanted. And then the next year, I told everybody that would listen that I was going to win the whole thing. Um, and that's what happened last year. That was 2019. I won the finale in the series, and we talked. We'd all talked about this a lot. And for for those of you who you know, haven't connected the dots yet, we I get this question on a daily basis. I'm sure you guys do too. People ask me, "What does JTAC mean?" And I, it seems self-explanatory, but it's just all of our initials: Justin Tate, Austin Clay. Um, but uh, we had talked about forming something for quite some time, and the way our years finished, you know, the amount of people that were asking us for, for training for, to go to classes, whether it be one-on-one -on -one or group training, um, we decided we'd need to go ahead and take that plunge, and we just thought if, if we were going to do it individually, we might as well give people a group experience, that way you can get four different point of views, because there's not just one way 
to solve a lot of the problems that you see um, in matches. There's a lot of different ways to skin the cat. And so you, there are some things that we all do very similar, but there are things that we do very different and it works for all of us. So um, that's when we decided to, uh, to form JTAC and we've been, been running with that. Um, if you haven't followed us at all, our students have had incredible success this year. It's been really, really cool to watch them, um, see the, that light bulb come on and then watch what they do when they get back out on their own again. Um, but uh, that's that's how I got going. Um, there was a brief stint in there where my trigger pull wasn't terrible. Justin, Justin can attest to that. It was a very short period, but uh, if you watch it now, it's it's pretty gross most of the time. But uh, um, you can't argue that it's not consistent. So and you know I could definitely work on that. But uh, that's that's kind of my story how I got here. Yeah. Talking about your first win. My first win was the Spearpoint Kansas match. And, uh, that was my first match. The the match was over, and uh, we're sitting around, and I'll never forget. Uh, you know, all the scores came out, and they were wrong. And it was their first year putting on a match. It was all wrong. We had to do it all. Uh, you know, they had to they had to do some fixing stuff like that. And all the scores came out, and it showed my name in the front. And I stand in a circle. It was me and Dave Preston and Bannon Eldridge and Jim C. And uh, Charles Roberts was all standing there. And I'll never forget Charles Roberts go, who the hell is this Austin Oregon guy? And I was, and Dave just goes, just with his finger, just points right over at me. And I just kind of raised my hand. And he's like, oh. He's like, oh, you know, I just, I just didn't know who you were. <laughs> you know, nobody knew who I was at the time. But that kind of opened the door. Then, uh, I don't know, it was just a couple of weeks. Next weekend or weekend after that, I won Nebraska. I was that was my second match. <laughs> Man, I, it's kind of funny that we all started raffles only. Your yeah. first one was my first one was a heat stroke. Your first one was a heat stroke. The first time I ever shot it was the first time you ever shot it. Another interesting no, fact. I shot it the year before. Did you? Is the first match I ever went to? Rick Reeves called me and asked me if I wanted RO, and was the, the heat stroke in 2013. So um, you messed that little rhythm up there. Yeah. I did get the first year I actually shot the heat stroke when I was actually. Uh, a PRS member, I got sixth, I think. Pretty happy, you know. Yeah. That's your Jim C one. Well, <clears throat> Justin, you got probably a different perspective on how you got into shooting, but let's hear how you got here. Well, um, I don't have any cool rifles only stories because I've never been there. <laughs> Lucky. Lucky me, right? The only guy that can shoot a pistol. I know. Yeah. Uh, so, like the rest of these guys, you know, I started out hunting as a kid. My, Like Austin's parents, my dad didn't really hunt, you know. Um, so, I kind of took myself, and I was, like Clay, absolutely terrible. Missed so many deer about, you know. Did you hunt? What was the rifle? Uh, it was a, oh, man. It was a uh, breakover single shot Harrington Richardson twenty five out six. There you go. Yeah, I could do a lot you, faster than you did. Then. So did you guys? When <laughs> yeah. you first started, did you not understand the importance of having a rifle sighted in? Because I didn't. I literally bought a twenty five out six savage from the store. I went and bought it from Walmart or something like that. It had Assume a scope on it, a little Simmons scope on it, and I just took it hunting. I was like, oh, surely it's got to be close enough. Some doe come running out of the draw, and I pull up, and I shoot, and I kill one. I was like, okay, no big deal. Well, they were like, I don't know, 30 yards, and I hit her in the back of the head when she was quartering away, but still got it done. And then same thing, I like fast forward two or three years, I buy a different rifle, a 300 short mag and a Savage. Same deal, some doe come running out, and I was like, oh, yeah, get some meat here, just pull up, shoot, and kill one. I was like, never, never shot it on paper. I hadn't even shot a round through it. 
Just bought some ammo and went shot. <laughs> That don't happen. So <laughs> I sighted my first uh, 25-06, and I sighted uh, the first rifle in on a phone book. Yeah. Yeah, remember we used to have those? Yeah. A long yeah. time ago, mm-hmm. phone book. It's a big, thick phone book. Yeah. And uh, I, I sighted that in at what I guess was 100 yards. I have no idea. Could have been 200. Could have been 25. I don't know what it was. That was like pre-iPhone. Oh, yeah. That was like... Yeah. That was pre-cell That was like... That was like... 1998 or okay, something. Okay, that wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, I uh, first shot out of the out of the tube. I just cut the old eye open. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Got, <laughs> got the old kiss, huh? <laughs> got uh, yeah. Got a little kiss on my eye there. So uh, anyway, uh, shot and I hunted for like I don't know three years until I four years. Probably four years. I think I was 14 years old. I started hunting when I was 10. And uh, I think I was 14 when I actually killed one. I shot at a bunch of them before that. <laughs> that was the first time you, I actually... You weren't getting lucky like I was. No. I, I probably... I didn't get lucky. I was I, uh, 15, I, the biggest I was buck I've ever seen in my life was on a wheat field. And he was probably about 200 yards. And I was probably 12. And uh, I was with a buddy. I had seen more deer that day than I think I'd ever seen on a hunt. We just There was deer everywhere. And, and uh, this buck was about 200 yards maybe. I shot, missed. I don't know where it went. The buck runs towards us, gets about 100, 125 yards, shoot at it, miss. Thing runs closer again, runs about 50 yards, shoot at it, miss. And it jumps fence and never seen it again. But um, I hunted, you know, when I was a kid. And again, that was t- absolutely terrible. Um, joined the Army right out of high school. I mean, right out of high school. Did you have like a really right stuff tripod you were shooting off of too? Yeah, yeah, really, really right stuff stick. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> did you have a stick? You yeah. have a stick. <laughs> Man, I didn't have a stick. <laughs> I had nothing. I had a twenty-five out six. You're freehanding it. Freehanding. Oh yeah, always single shot. So that's kind of funny. You're panicking. Here. Yeah, I was panicking, man. I was. I I cranked that thing open. I would. I could hold. I could hold them rounds between my fingers, man. So. Oh, it's like, like quickly down under quickly stuff. Down right under there. stuff. Yeah. No, I joined the Army right out of high school and um, spent about five and a half years in a sniper section, um, two deployments. And when I got out, um, I uh, didn't, really have a, didn't really have a career pass, you know, so I kind of laid around for, uh, I went to Oldfield for a little bit, and uh, I wanted to go do something different, do something that I enjoyed, so I tried to get into uh, private, private contracting and uh, that went all the way up the chain to the boss and she uh, veto stamped that one and so um, I uh, decided to open up my own your wife or yeah my yeah, wife gotcha. yeah she wasn't having that she's like I'm not doing that deployment stuff so um, anyway uh, I opened up my range in 2016 March 25th, 2016. Opened up my range and um, didn't even know that uh, competition was a thing. Like I had no idea that was a... How many targets do you have out there? Um, I had targets every 100 yards, every 100 yards from 200 to 1350. That was it. That just, was it. No stages. No just, stages. Just a range. Just a range. What, there were the towers and stuff like that. It was just love grass. There were probably a lot of people really appreciated even that. Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. loved that. I mean, that was that's how I started like that. And I got my accredit, uh, accredited as a cleat instructor. So I was doing some uh, law enforcement training at the time. And that was really the, 
the basis of why I opened the range up to be a training facility. And then um, I got people wanting to just come out and shoot, you know, so that turned out to be a bigger part of my business. I didn't realize that law enforcement agencies don't like to pay money. You know, they like to do the training. They don't like to pay the bill. Um, so uh, anyway. We'll catch you later. We'll get you. Yeah. So... Uh, uh, Is that again, why you speed everywhere? Cause you got IOUs. Like, yeah, hey, a bunch of IOUs, you, man. Yeah. yeah, especially yeah. Anyway, especially in Greedy County. But uh, Rick Reeves had come out and uh, he shot a little bit, and I'm like, what are these crazy? You know, and again, uh, being a sniper, like I, I thought I was good. Like I thought I was really good. And you know, obviously I had a 308 and a Leupold Mark IV MOA mil. Oh yeah. You know, and. Uh, and a sand sock. MOA mill. MOA mill, yeah. That's why I never struggled. When, when I got into competition and realized that some people had MOA, some people had mill, I never struggled with that because I knew them both because, you know, everything I used was MOA mill. But, um, so your turret was one, your reticle was the other. Turret yeah, and MOA, yeah, you had to be able to mill it for rain. You yeah. dial it for and each Yeah. 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 Totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah. Stupidest thing I've ever heard of now. But anyway, um, Rick Reeves come out and he had a... Uh, 6547 Lapua in a McMillan stock with a Gen 2 razor on it. And I'm like, what is this goofy thing? Like, what is this guy shooting? And I was like, yeah, whatever. It's not 308, so I don't care. But, um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> another sniper buddy of mine, uh, Helen Schmidt, he, uh, his, uh, his platoon sergeant was my team leader in sniper school. So, anyway, um, funny thing, funny story is I actually met, uh, the, uh, uh, he's the best looking shooter in Kansas, but he's also the worst shooter in Kansas. Um, Derek Love. I met him in 2007 in Iraq. Anyway, that's a funny story. But uh, anyway, um, good story. Huh? Good story. Yeah, good story. Anyway, so anyway, these guys are coming out and they were sh- like practicing for uh, f- for competition. And, I didn't know that. Uh, you didn't know that? Mm-mm. Huh? I didn't know that. But go ahead. Anyway, so um, they were practicing for competition. And Helen Schmidt was like, "Man, you got to get into this." And I'm like, "I'm not doing that. That's stupid. Like, I'm not, I'm not shooting at the steel targets in a field. Like, I'm not. That's dumb." And uh, and then Rick had talked me into, and CL had talked me into doing, uh, hosting a match. And uh, and I actually went and shot a match and got this my ass handed to me. <laughs> Man, I can remember it. So well, like, here well, we go again, and like we're really mouthy, and we don't mean anything by it. But I can remember you coming out, and I remember who said it. it was like, man, he said he was about to just. How you do now? You're like, I'm about to win. Yeah, but and we're like, this guy's about to get his butt handed to him, and you did for a while, and it was yeah. we yeah. enjoyed it. But and know, I was just like, why is this 308 just <laughs> terrible? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, now that was in that was in the beginning. Yeah, that was what what brand was it and all that? It was just a Remington. Remington? Yeah, Remington yeah. 700 with a scope. What scope? Loophole Mark mm-hmm. Four. Oh yeah, you gotta have one of those. You gotta have one of those, yeah, for sure. Mill dot. Mill dot. And a sand sock. I didn't have. I didn't have these fancy. past my bed. I didn't have these fancy bags. I had a sand sock, and so when these guys were like shooting these barricades and stuff, and they pump pillows and all that stuff, like I didn't have any of that, and so I was like, all right. And I, I literally couldn't, like, some people, back then when you, sh- if you shot a seven on a barricade, like, you were crushing it, you know. And, you know, and, and uh, the guys I was shooting with, like, I didn't, I zeroed it. Everything we shoot off of positional, like, I would zero it. So, I, uh, that was the big thing. Like, when I left there, I was like, that'll never, I, I'm not the kind of just takes it on the chin and, and just, you know, backs down. I, I said in my head, like, I'm going to, I'm going to come back and I'm going to get better on this barricade stuff. And 
that's all I practiced from then. But um, I shot my first PRS man. I actually had a rifle built after that, and it was a 6.547 Lapua. Like everybody had to have. So this is 17? I've never owned one. I've never this was 2017. When was that? So when was that uh, that spear point match? 2017. Yeah, 2017. So and the reason I ask this because I don't know what the timeline is, but when I first started in 14, we put the bag down on the gun like a well, – actually, I don't even think – no, actually, we didn't even put a bag down on a barricade. Mm-hmm. No, we put yet. a bag down on our knee or something like that. So at the time when you had a sand sock and you're shooting off a barricade, how did you approach it? I set the rifle – I didn't even – I just left the bag on the and ground. The, like yeah. I, just, yeah. I just set the rifle on the barricade. I didn't – because at the time – Everybody was using a pump pillow, and yeah. they were just setting the rifle on the barricade and using a pump pillow, yeah. and they were pulling the bipod back into yeah. the barricade and using the pump pillow. I didn't have that, so I just set it on there and yeah. So I remember, missed everything. I remember watching Matt Clem, and he was one of the first ones to ever run a Jay Allen, one of the first ones to ever have one. And he'd run that bipod all the way back in his atlas, and he'd kick it 45 forward, and he'd push into it real hard, and he'd load into it, and that's how he'd shoot a barricade. And he, was, and, and he seemed like he was always crushing barricades. I'm like, how's he doing this? I never could get it to work, but I got to where I'd pull the bipod back and I'd pull into it. And then, hell, even at the time then, that's when I'd do the whole uh, sling hook thing where you hook the sling on and, and push your hips back and pull it back into it. And for the time, it worked good. Yeah. You, know, Man, you still they, couldn't hold on target, but you just kind of sweep by. And hit. I know we're dragging on here, but this is pretty good stuff. So in 2014, I shot the train up at Rifles Only. It was all week. And I was like, man, if that's my first match, I'm going to go down there and shoot that. And going back to what I was learning stuff from Wade, Wade actually took a punt pillow and free recoiled it like we do now. And like I one the thing I'm trying to get across here is one of the reasons one of the reasons we all get better is we look at other people and learn stuff and you know try it yourself. But Wade was free recoiling before it was cool off of a punt pillow. Like way less stable than it would be now. But like I didn't let that register in my head. Like I just didn't pay attention and let my let it digest. How come he was hitting everything? And I wasn't. He tied for first that match and hit I don't know how many more targets and I did. But man, you gotta watch each other and get better, or yeah. you know or you're yeah. gonna fall behind. Yeah, you're so, yeah, like so, like Clay was talking about, like when, like I, Rick back then, like Rick was like the guy to be, you know, around our neck of the woods, and you know, back then I used to like just pray, like God, please let me shoot like Rick Reeves. <laughs> and nowadays I'm like, God, please don't let me shoot like Rick Reeves. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Rick. I heard that's an old man. You don't want to piss him I, off. I just think it's funny. He's like, please let me shoot like Rick Reeves. Yeah. Because you probably really thought about I've, 100% it. 100% I said that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, man, I just want to shoot like Rick Reeves. That's, that was all in my head. You know. But um, I, I, I trained a lot, and then uh, I got better, I guess. Um, I shot my first match with Spearpoint in uh, 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I got 29th. And I was like, well, I'll take that for my first match, you know. And then uh, my second match was um, uh, Nebraska. Nebraska. And uh, my set screws were loose in my turret. And, like, everybody kept saying, because my oh, zero. I remember that. My zero was yeah. walking all over. Like, yeah. I would shoot at a target, hit it, and then the next shot would be, like, a half mil high. Or, or yeah, like a mil high. And then I would correct it, and then the next shot would be a half mil high. And so people kept saying, you take those set screws? And I'm like, they're tight. Like, I don't, like, how, I was like, finally, after like the fifth person said that I was like, how tight do they need to be? And Wade said tight enough to break a Schmidt and bender. And I was like, well, they ain't that tight. And so I had, I pulled that little vortex tool out. You, you probably know? had the short set screws. We all had the upgraded long ones that barely stuck out the turret. Do you remember those? No, I had the, I had the short ones. 
and I had that little tool thing, and I was trying to tighten with that little tool thing, and Rick takes the tool thing and throws it. <laughs> and uh, he's like, here, you, you need one of these, an actual Allen wrench. And I was like, all right. So I, from the, And then the next day, um, I think I beat you on day two. What I about dropped, the one that got uh, canceled? I mean, dropped, that, was, that was the year it got canceled on day two. No. 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 Uh, uh, no. How many did you drop on day two? I dropped six. I don't remember. You dropped more than six. I dropped six no. on day two. That thing's been canceled twice on day two. Yeah. Now, well, one was it. day one, one was day two. Two out of the five years, two out of the five years, one of the, no, three. That's bad yeah, weather in Nebraska. It. That's all you need to remember about So we had, so 17 I won at 16 I shot it and it was terrible. We canceled day two. We got to shoot both days 17. But 18 Eight, I tied eight, for first. Is that your I tied 18 for 18 was only the second day. We didn't get to shoot the first day. That's right. And then 19, That's last right. year we got to shoot both days. So yeah, two out of the five years we didn't even get to shoot both yeah. days. Yeah. And yeah, great place to shoot. Great man. It was fun. Just, just the weather stuff awesome. for a couple of years. But. But. Yeah, that was like a rite of passage if you shot that thing in 2016. Everybody that shot it can go back and talk about it, about how miserable that match was. It rained. It, it was slid, nice on this on that when we that shot it. That was a whiteout year? Yeah. 2017 I, I, was nice. I, I, I was watching droves of people just walking back to their pickup, and I'd be like, oh, are you guys done? And they're like, no, but I ain't finishing. And I remember the last stage I shot was off this rickety fence post, and you had to shoot a near target and a far target. Couldn't really see the far target at all. Could see the near one, but my fingers were so cold that I couldn't feel my trigger. So I just wait until I thought I was kind of close to target. I stick my hand in there and I just kind of move it back and it hit the trigger. I didn't know it was when it was going to go off, right? So I just stay on target and it'd go off. Well, I never hit the close one, but somehow I hit the far one every time. <laughs> he just, he, I just, shoot, I, I didn't even know where the far one was. I just kind of aiming at something where I thought it was white because it's snowing. And the guy kept going impact, impact. I was like, no, I just keep shooting there. Then I guess. Of course, I didn't finish you know, anywhere near the top on that one. God, that was, that was miserable. That's the most miserable I've ever been in a match. It was bad. So, that was my second match, and then um, my third and fourth match. Third, third match was a heat stroke, and I got 21st there. And then my fourth match was uh, was it the gap? It was a gap grind, and then I got 20th there. Um, and then uh, I did some. Uh, I did some changing after that that year. Um, I swapped, basically changed everything. My stock, yeah, barrel action, changed everything. And I think it's funny. Like I'm kind of smiling because everybody remembers what they finished all these matches. And the reason you do is because you just want to get better and like you're not yeah. happy with. Oh them. yeah, so I how, remember every one. Everybody remembers oh, yeah. that. I remember every one of them. We tell you what stages yeah. I dropped. Yeah. Points on how many I dropped on. Hundred Which side of the target they missed on? Uh uh-uh. uh. Like, no, I got you on one uh-huh. stage. Yeah. One out of the last six thousand <laughs> stages I shot, I was you know I can remember that more recently, but I can't remember from back. But, then. Yeah. Um, it just burns it into your head. I mean, anybody that's like super competitive, you know, hyper analyzes what your performance was, and you know, you want to get better, so you just it just sticks with you. Um, but Justin was about to touch on it, and um, you're going to find out pretty quickly that we all run very similar gear. We all start with very different equipment, but uh, now we run almost identical setups. Everything. Um, I mean, I run a Tangent Theta. 525 and a spur mount that's a 4001 foundation stock farland barrel uh, trigger tech diamond trigger and a hair spy pod and i've run that exact same setup for a very long time um, the only thing that changed on that was at the beginning of 2019 i switched um to the tangent theta but other than that 
my equipment has been the same for a long time and i think that's a big key that we we would all agree on is if you're sitting there chasing equipment every you know couple of months you're never going to reach your potential you need to find something that you're comfortable with and you, stick want, with you want your equipment to be the last thing you got to worry yeah. about you need to be the limiting factor that's right yeah i switched when I, I switched that was in 2017 at the end of 2017 i switched I actually borrowed wade's rifle the exact same setup i have now minus the scope but i borrowed it and first match right out of the gate was a top 10 finish and I, Mike, that's funny how you said that a while back. I heard that story before, and you're like, "Man, this thing can't miss." It's Wade Studeville's rifle. Right? That's that was when I when I yes when I, for whatever reason it was in my head that if this is Wade Studeville's rifle, so it's there is not a better rifle out there, and like the ammo, you know, just it's gonna be better than anything. He probably loaded it on a Dylan for you. He probably loaded. <laughs> it, it, it was probably white. It was probably it was probably factory. It was ammo. probably a. Uh, What's his face? It, it was. You know, it was Jeff. A, it was Jeff Haskins. Yeah, yeah. Sergeant Haskins is who loaded that ammo. But anyway, like in my head, like right off the bat, I was like, this ammo can't miss. Like if I shot the smallest of small TYLs, like if I do my part, it's gonna hit. I, and it did. That thing hammered. Man, we could go for like five hours, but he had Jeff load up that year, fifteen hundred rounds, and he had him load five hundred up at this load, five hundred up at this load, and five hundred up at this load. And he went to the finale on Friday, and shot them all to see which one shot the best and then he knew he had enough to shoot the finale so that's how he did it but anyway so yeah i shot that and i, I finished uh i had my my goal for 2018 was to have a top 10 finish and right off the gate my first match was a top 10 finish so i was like oh okay so i was like well i'll better go for a top better such a good place what place was it uh ninth ninth, ninth place Did you get a trophy no. Man, so that's another. Oh story. yeah, I did so, get a trophy. Like, I did, did get a trophy. Sometimes yeah. they get top tens, and then you're like, oh yeah, they gave ten trophies last year. And then yeah, so that was Jordy's match, and he gave he gave ten trophies. So shot that match, and I was like, well, if I made a top ten here, I can maybe oh my goal will be a top five. Well, the very next match was a top five, and um, so um, I was like, well, now I got to win a match. Well, from 2018 to you know. 2019, I shot, I don't know how many, 13 matches or something. I had ne- had not placed outside the top five or the top ten. I think I had nine top fives and then, like, four top tens or something. You were the winless wonder. The winless wonder. The winless wonder. Yeah, Matt Brousseau had put out, like, a little spreadsheet, and it showed, like, the most consistent shooters in the PRS, and it, he was in first, I was in second. And then I didn't. That's not accurate. That is 100% accurate, son. Well, the year the year that I'm thinking of, he did it. I was first. Matt Brzeau was second. This was in 20. 20- the only reason is because Matt Brzeau was second is because he shot that ELR match and finished like. This was in 2019. He released that. They released that in 2019. Oh, they didn't win. This is Justin's story. You can tell my story, Austin. Go ahead. You you tell your. I guess I didn't see that. You tell your version. I'll tell the truth. Okay. Listen. All right. So anyway, you can ask Matt. Call him up. Anyway, so I was like, this is awesome. You know, that was like a good. That was a good goal for me. So to see that, to see the consistency there, made me happy. Then the AG Cup invites came out, and I didn't get one. And so I was like, all right. Like, that that got under my skin pretty good. And when I asked Tom, like, why, why did I not get one? He said, we haven't won a match. And I was like, so in my head, I'm like, that's it. I'm going to win a match. Like, So I stuck in my head that I was going to win a match, and I, I won the next two matches that I shot. And then, you know, I've won three out of the last six I've shot since then. So. Yeah, that's about as consistent as it gets. I mean, yeah. So. And then you host the PR finale and you're worthless and don't even get to shoot. The I know. I, I spent. I spent like. I spent like. 
over 50% of the year in second place in the PRS, and I'm hosting. Not even going You're not even going to be able to shoot it. Somebody bumped me, finally bumped me out of the top 10. Yeah, yeah I saw that. But that's okay, because I'm going to take the golden bullet next year. Think you'll stay in the top 100 after the finale? Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're going to be DQing some people. Oh, for sure. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm going to DQ everybody. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be an awesome course fire, and uh, nobody's going to – there's no Mickey Mouse stuff because, you know, I don't play that. But. That's, that's the best part about a match out there is the best – person the best shooter that weekend is going to win there's not going to be like oh they shot this at this time of day except or... for this year i got second oh, so you... yeah i got second so it didn't happen this year didn't happen this year but anyways i think like you should have shot better i should have <laughs> you just cleaned it you'd have been fine hey didn't you have the lead i did and then you just let, let let clay sneak up on you no not really i snuck back on him oh snuck back on clay <laughs> didn't gain on the you. wrong target you gained stupid on chaos stage just like the biggest target in the match literally prone the biggest target in the match probably right yeah and i just stood like taking two easy shots at it. i thought oh, i got that i hit it once and went right back up to the harder target i skipped that big target and that well was I, I shot my ass off that match all but the one stage that i caught by third stage of the first day and then, what did I drop? Two, two points, points after that the for the whole rest of the match, day two even. Man, you're going to be hard to beat, Austin, at the finale. I, I've been saying all year, you're, you're crushing it. That, the I, ma- it. I, I just got to get by that one stage. The last match that I won was the Punisher. And I think... We talked about this just the other day. Yeah. If you just had shown up two stages after the start... You basically think course of fire. I mean, you dropped a million points the first two, and then just didn't miss. Yeah, I mean, in the first, I dropped twenty six points or something like in the first three stages. Yeah, in the first three stages. Yeah, in like the first four stages, you dropped like twenty six points, and then and you won it, and I think you dropped twenty six points, like for the for the match. Yeah, like you take the first couple. Yeah, I mean, it may not have been twenty six. That might have been Jagger, but it was a lot. You dropped a lot. It was a lot. You were down. I'm I'm almost fairly certain you were down fifteen in the first four stages. No, you could be right. I mean, I'm. I know it was a lot. Because you kept, you, there was something going on with your windage or something. Because you you shot, you were yeah, you were the I, first shooter and uh, it, it like total and I, it was a PRS barricade and there was no wind and you shot and you missed. I know and see I figured that out pretty quick that I thought my windage was off so I rolled a couple. of But then it came that. back. Then your oh, windage. Thing. No, we figured out what it was is um, on that diopter on a tangent it came loose and the diopter screwed in. Cause I got, I shot, um, cause I, after, when I got home, I shot and I had some roll in my gun and it was back zero. Cause I'd figured it out after the first few stages, I'd got everything lined up and I was like, man, why is that so far off? And I got to look and I was like, man, that's blurry. That's not right. And I went to reach up and touch my doctor and it was loose. Hmm. So I screwed my doctor back to where it was, and it was like three or four tenths off on the other direction. Oh, yeah, blame it on the scope. Blame it on the scope. It's not like Clay. It's not like Clay. I should have checked it. I mean, nothing, nobody's fault but my own. <laughs> but I never I never thought of the doctor moving, changing your point of impact that much. So now I check it every time before a match. I'm sure it's tight. I don't check it. Lesson learned, right? If my, if my scope screws were coming out, if that thing's still hammering, I ain't touching them. Not well, I'm not like sitting there putting wrenches on it. I'm gonna make sure my scope's not loose. Anyway, we've been uh, we've been on here a little over an hour now. Time to go kill some pigs. Yeah, it's time to do a little bit of a little bit of hunting. Quality control out uh, out the fields. Yeah, quality control. Okay, everybody, last thoughts. Nobody, no no last thoughts. What what what's one piece of advice you give to a new shooter coming in? 
it, it's got to be to to jump into it. It's it can be very intimidating because nobody wants to be finishing last, but uh, everybody starts somewhere. It do, it doesn't matter. There's going to be people there to help you. It's much less intimidating once you actually step foot into it. Um, anybody you shoot with is going to be willing to help you. Um, so just you know take the plunge, no matter what your gear is. If you have the cheapest factory rifle and the cheapest scope, it's perfectly fine to show up and start learning. Yeah, you, you, I mean, the gear is not going to make you good. It's, it's, it's watching the, the good guys and learning. My piece of advice is uh, pay for a JTAC class and come learn. That's not a joke. That's not a joke. That's not a joke. That's not a shameless plug. That's not a joke. Pay for the class. Come take it. Learn the right way. And so you can learn. Money. I promise you, if if, if, I put, if we put a guy through a class right now, I don't care who it is, we put a guy through a class right now, he would beat me three years ago. It wouldn't even be close. It wouldn't even be close. Like, he would beat me by 50 points. Yeah, we were very quick. We were very quick on the, the learning curve with this game, and we kind of shot to the top uh, a lot faster than what most people would expect to happen. And um, that's obviously the acceptance of the rule. Most people shoot for years to be, you know, what most people would consider to be competitive, um, you know, let alone, you know, winning matches consistently, but just to shoot well. And um, we've done the math, and between your match fee, your travel, your ammo, blah, 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 the list goes on and on. It's virtually impossible to shoot a match, even in your backyard, for less than $1,000. Yeah. Um, and you're going to be shooting 10, 15, 20 of those before you learn, you know. What you do in the two days. What you do in the two days here. And, I mean, so people can have asked us, you know, what's, you know, where where's the price tag come from? And, I mean, we're, we're literally saving you tens of thousands of dollars in experience time because we learn the lessons for you that's right learn you learn from our mistakes and just yeah we bring something new to the table every time we hey there's going to be people out there that will never learn some of the things that we're going to teach you on their own yeah for sure just some of the mental game and approach side of it there's some guys that that they're never going to take the class that they may never learn that so i i think i mean i think that's some of that stuff's invaluable yeah the biggest thing um on that is you don't know what you don't know and if you think that you know everything, I mean, obviously you don't. We learn stuff every time out there. but uh, Every time. Um, there's so many things that, uh, even just yesterday, um, practicing, um, somebody came up with a, a way to shoot a mover that I had never crossed my mind. It was extremely clever. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna use it going forward. Um, We're not going to share it, though. And No, not going to share it. Not on here, anyway. Um, but uh, there's just you, you should always be learning. And if you can take the opportunity to cut that learning curve down by – you know, months, years, you know, thousands of dollars, I, I say you, you need to jump on it. Tate, what you got? Man, obviously jump in. Um, I think it's important that everybody um, gets a buddy or get somebody you're aiming at to beat. Um, I, you know, one of the things both of you guys did, and we haven't ever said this, but, um, you know, Clay mentioned earlier about, you know, you beat somebody in a one-day match. Then you show up a two-day match, you get school drug bomb. Um, that was kind of my first memory of Clay is uh, we showed up at a club match, and I don't know if we – I think I beat him by one. And he was sitting on the stairs at Connex, and he was like, I'm going to beat you on these days. I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I just came to run my gun out and shoot my extra ammo. I don't know what you're talking about. But, like, it was really competitive to him. That's what you got to do is dig. But um, one of the things I think is really important I see all the time, and, and Justin has a saying, <clears throat> I'm not as cocky as Justin is. I mean, I'm pretty mouthy, but I don't mean it like, like it comes. Justin's pretty cocky. He's confident in himself. Um, but what do you say? Uh, truth doesn't, the truth doesn't care about feelings? Facts, facts don't, don't, care. don't care about your feelings. Facts, and, facts don't care about your feelings. You know, if you're going to get started up, the best thing to do is jump in, go to a match, 
pay attention to the guys that are hitting the most targets. Most of the time, the same guys are going to hit more targets. You know, the majority of the time it's going to be the same guys. Watch what they're doing. Don't, you know, don't look at a post on Facebook from guys that don't show up at matches and, you know, take advice from them. Take advice from the guys that are winning the matches and, you know, hitting hitting more still than everybody else. That That's who you need to pay attention. You can, you can, get, you can follow some, you know, trails that don't really go the right way, I guess, you know. And, yeah. You get a lot of guys online that, that talk a big game but have never – some of them never been to a match or never even placed in the top ten in a match, yeah. much less. Yeah, and that, and, and again, matches. you know, we don't mean that in a bad way, no. but um, you know, just just pay attention and be, you know, observe and and you know try and and a lot of people don't care that much about getting better; they want to go shoot. But if you want to get better, you just just watching and you know paying attention. Yeah, can go get you ask those ways. guys. I mean, most of those guys are willing to help. You know, you can go bug them. I was extent. I would say and, every and, one of them. I can't think of one guy in the no. top. That won't help. Go, go talk to him. Go ask him. Everybody's willing to help. So. Something, something that you said a while ago, Tate, and with, with about Clay saying, you know, one day he's going to beat you. My first match that I won, um, I was uh, I was leading day one by seven points, and then the match director threw out a stage that I was leading. That I was leading. That stage was giving me a lead by six points. And uh, no, I was leading by six. He threw that out. I lost a five-point lead. So I was leading by six. He threw the stage out um, because of the discrepancy with the RO. And so after he threw that out, I only had a one-point lead on day one. And uh, we went out to eat dinner, and I'll never forget it. We were at, we were eating at B Dubs, and uh, I had barbecue wings. I had fries with salt and vinegar salt. And I had a blue moon I was drinking. And Tate looks at me and he says, you know, Justin, one day you're going to win a match. But it ain't going to be this match. <laughs> <laughs> I quit drinking. I quit eating. And I was like, you know what? I'm about to bring it tomorrow. I'm about to show him who's going to win this match. And I did. But I think I know now that Tate was, uh, he was just trying to get me fired up. And he did. Man, it's all in fun. It's all in fun. He got me fired up, and he, and he, he probably helped me win that match. But uh, The smack talk's half the fun, if not more. For sure. I don't think we'd be doing it if we didn't have that, that fun. Uh, brings out the competitive edge and all of this. But, all right. That's all we got. Signing off. <laughs>